That was a true friend. <laughs> you know, each each year that we've done E3 at the movies, we we do it because, uh, believe it or not, the Bible and movies have uh, something very important in common, and that is that they they deal with life, deals with the issues in life, uh, talks about interactions in life and direction. And that's why, you know what, a good story, uh, we connect with a good story it, it, because it, it we taps into something that we've all experienced. Some sort of situation or, or relationship or, or anxiety or different kind of stress. And the truth is that, that movies, you know, they come out and, and they, they, they deal with common themes. And, and many of those themes we also find in Scripture. Now, the, the story of, of Shrek is, is actually a really interesting one in, in Shrek 4 and in, in 3D. And I was just wondering, uh, how many of you have actually seen the new Shrek movie? All right. Now, here's the other, next question. How many of you have seen It's a Wonderful Life? All right, just about everybody. Well, Shrek is essentially the cartoon version of It's a Wonderful Life. That, uh, that uh, basically what happens in a, in a Wonderful Life is that, uh, what's his name, Bailey? Right, Bailey, Bailey gets kind of plucked out of his existence and he gets to see what life would have been like if he didn't exist. And the same thing is true with Shrek. And uh, I could have very easily gone in the direction of, hey, you know what? Every life is important and you're important. There's, and that is true. And there's lots of, of scripture that talks about how you are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the great things that he had planned for you long ago. But I decided to go a different direction, a direction that I think is actually more important for us today, and that is our interaction in community. Because unlike It's a Wonderful Life, Shrek and this whole story began because he was tired of interruptions. And basically, he started dreaming about when he was a true ogre, and he didn't have to answer anybody that he could do whatever he wanted, that, that he could have bad manners, he could you know, take his baths in the, in the, in the mud, in the, in the, in the swamp, that, that his time was his own. And in the scene of, of the movie, just opening up, it, it, it's during his, uh, his kids uh, you know, and they're all the diaper changing and taking care of and all the different interruptions that community has. And he finally just can't take it anymore. He can't take the interruptions and he just wants to escape from it all and have it like it used to be. And basically, if you really think about it, what was, dri- what was driving this emotion? It's a very common emotion that, that we have when, when we have perceived interruptions in our life. Why, why do interruptions annoy us so much? It's because, you know what, we, we're kind of selfish with our, with our time, right? That an interruption is basically somebody 
interrupting into our plans, into our vision of what this day was going to look like. But the reality is that community, if you want to look at it kind of like in a negative sense, that community and friendships and relationships, that, that you know what, it's defined by interruptions. You know, that, that you get text messages. Hey, you know, just saw, you know, a, a you know, butterfly flying across the, you know, the, the street. Thought I'd text you. Or, you know, I, you know, I don't like, it's an interruption. You get your little text thing and you're like, oh, why'd they bother doing that? Whatever, it's okay. Or tweeting or, or Facebook and email and, and we used to have a thing called phone calls and, uh, you know, all, all of these different things that they're interruptions and, and these interruptions are defined by community. And if you lived a life void of interruptions, you'd be living a life outside of community. Now, these interruptions, that they can become quite annoying, that, that people do things that you, annoy you. Just yesterday, we were driving along, and my son, Boo Bear, is one of the happiest kids that you'll ever meet. In fact, he's one of those kids that, that you know, he loves to sing. You say something, you know, we're, we're going to Target. We're going to Target. We're going to Target. And I, like he sings everything and he dances and, and he does all these things. And not every so often, I'll, you know, we'll be trying to get somewhere. And I'm like, Pooh Bear, stop dancing and stop singing and just do this. And then I like catch myself and I'm like, oh, I don't ever want him to stop dancing and top, stop singing. And in fact, I, I think that that's probably, as adulthood, that we, the time that we stop dancing and top, stop singing, you know, wonder ceases to exist. But nevertheless, that, that we're driving along and he's, you know, singing everything and he's wiggling in the car, you know, dancing, you know, and you tell him, you know, where you sit correctly, wear your seatbelt correctly. And then, my daughter Madison finally blows up, and she's like, Bear, just knock it off. I don't like you. And like the good parents we are, we're like, Madison, why, why would you say you know, such a vile thing that you don't like your brother? You know, why, why did you say that? And she's like, I don't like him because he's unreasonably happy. <laughs> That, and that's her, you know, and, 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 and what is the annoyance in her existence, in her community, is unreasonable happiness, you know, just not, not you've you got to have a reason to be happy, and it was, you know, in, in her world, and in her context, that it was, it was interrupting what she wanted to do, and so community is, is wrapped around uh, of this this you know, understanding in this, you know, uh, that there's going to be interruptions. And how you see those interruptions is how you're actually, your experience in community is going to be. Now, talking about Shrek, and he comes to this, this point where the interruptions, he was viewing these interruptions as a complete negative. 
and so negative, in fact, that he finally found himself in a situation where, you know, for one day, you know, he could trade a day to, to have a day where he could be an ogre again. Now, what's, a, what's an ogre? You know, a, a true ogre, as he would say, well, you know, again, it's somebody, you know, you can, he could do what he wants. Everybody was afraid of him. Nobody bothered him. He could do whatever he wanted when he wanted to do it. I, we we uh, have a word for, for an ogre today. It's called uh, adolescence. <laughs> that, that. But you can't really fault people from, from starting in this, this, this place of selfishness. We're actually trained to be selfish. You think about it from the day we're born that, that we're, we're fed, you know, we're, we're changed. We don't even have to go to the bathroom in, in, in a property. You know, there's people, you know, who will change us. They'll feed us. They'll burp us. We'll, they'll do everything for us. They'll entertain us and all these things. And as, as we grow, really the, the mark of maturity is, is really putting aside those selfish ambitions and selfish ways and, and starting to sacrifice what you want for the good of others. And, you know, you think about the progression of, of eating. When we're born, somebody prepares the food for us. They feed us. They clean up our face after we've, you know, all the food is all over the place and on the, on the ground. Eventually, you can feed yourself. And then after feeding yourself, eventually you could actually make the food to feed yourself. And eventually after, you know, you, you've become good at feeding yourself, that there becomes an expectation that you will feed others. And then, you know, past that, once you have the ability, a little bit more mobility, actually going and planning meals and, and cooking for people and cooking for them, you know, not what you want, but what they would enjoy. So we have this, this progression of, of maturity, and that progression of maturity is actually the elimination of our selfish nature. You know, this whole idea of how we look at community and what we get out of community is, uh, is really at the core of everything we do. Like, what do our relationships look like and how, how much love do we experience versus how much selfishness do we impose into that relationship? And the, the, more selfish, the more selfishness that we are able to remove and the more love that, that is present, the, the more ideal that, that relationship is to a point where, you know, perfect love and perfect relationships would actually be void of any selfishness and be completely about love and concern and sacrifice for the other person. And John talks about this in first chapter uh, in, in the in first John in chapter four. And he starts out and he says this Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This idea of, of love, and love is from God, 
and that God is love. So when we experience love, we are truly actually experiencing God. We are experiencing the very nature of God. But unfortunately, selfishness pushes and is like a roadblock or a barrier from love infiltrating into our lives. In verse 9, John continues, says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Here we get a clue of what really love is. What is the tangible expression of love? The tangible expression of love is sacrifice. You know, it's one thing to say, oh, I love you, or, or you know, you know I, I, I want to be with you, or all these kind of things. But truly, when it comes down to it, that, that love is much more than just a feeling or, or words, but it is an actual action. It's an action word that, that, uh, that where you are willing to sacrifice something for someone else. And God modeled this by sacrificing His Son for us as a model for us understanding that we have to sacrifice in order to make room. We have to sacrifice our selfishness, and that's really what we're sacrificing. We don't sacrifice things. We sacrifice our selfishness. And when we sacrifice that selfishness, that it makes additional room for love. It makes additional room for God. And in the movie Shrek, that, that these interruptions were interrupting his selfishness, his idea of how he wanted his life and his day to go. And because of that, because he was unwilling to sacrifice that, that he ended up sacrificing the relationship, sacrificing the interruptions. But after he went on and we saw on the clip that, that, these, that these interruptions actually uh, and his selfishness, that, that you know what, he was missing. And so often that, it, it, that we don't know what we have until it is, it is gone. John continues in verse 11. He says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. You know, you think about that statement, that, that God's love is brought to full expression in us. That we've talked about this many times, that we are the ambassadors of God's love and mercy to a lost and hurting world. That, that His love is brought into full expression into people's lives through us. And through us, people can actually experience God. 
In verse 13, it says, And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. You know, Shrek starts out in this place of being self-absorbed, just like all of us do. And through his growth, through his pain, and that's how we grow, unfortunately through his, his pain that he realizes that, you know what, in order to experience true life and true love, that he has to sacrifice his selfish desires and to reorient how he looks at these interruptions into his life as, as things that, that are bothersome and preventing him from doing what he wants to actually seeing them as something that enriches his life and that is vital, vital to, to him living out a full life. The same is true for us. That I say often um, from here that really life comes down to having a right relationship with God and a right relationship with people. Everything else is just commentary. The reason that I say that is that, that, you know what, we can spend our lives doing a lot of different things. But if those actions are, are not building our relationship with God and building our relationship with people, that, that really those ultimately that those, those actions do not have eternal consequences or benefits. That they just are things. Now, the, the great thing is that, that with a little mind tweaking and a little priority shifting, that, that we can change just about everything we do to bring glory to God and build our relationship with God and to build relationships with, with, our pe- with, with other people. But it takes an intentionality of spirit and purpose to make sure that the things that we are engaged in, the things that we are spending our time in are actually building the relationships with God and people that life is truly about. Because ultimately, you can have all the money in the world and have the most miserable life existence. Ultimately, you could have all the stuff that you could ever dream of, but if you don't have somebody to share it with, it's just stuff. It all boils down to our relationship with God and our relationship with people. And the truth is that we are able to to connect with God and connect with people because of His love as we live in the presence of God and, and in the presence of healthy relationships that we continue to be able to sacrifice our selfish ambitions for the good of others, therefore deepening our community relationship. If you think about, about 
just the progression of, of relationships. And you think about maybe the first time you meet somebody and, and you're like, you're willing to, you know, maybe sacrifice a little bit of time for them or something like that. I'm talking about a healthy growth of a relationship that you're like, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll, let, I'll friend you on Facebook. You know, that's about, you know, as deep as, you know, as I want to go. You know, I'll put you in with the, the rest of the masses. And maybe as you get to know them a little bit more, hey, you know what, here's, here's my actual phone number. Don't call me, you can text me. And, uh, you know, after, you know, kind of like that, maybe you spend a little extra time. When you spend time with somebody, what are you doing? You're actually sacrificing your time that you could be doing something to, you know, be self-gratifying or what you think is self-gratifying for the, for the other person is you sacrifice more that, that, you know what, these relationships become more entwined. Well, the same is true with God. When we spend time with God, that our presence with Him, that, that there's a refining that as we grow in our relationship with Him, that, you know what, a lot of the time it, it starts out with God that, that hey, I'll, I'll sacrifice a little time. I'll, I'll sacrifice a little time, you know, praying with you or praying to you and being in conversation with you. And then it progresses of, hey, you know what, I, I, I'm going to serve you in a, in, a, in a certain way or I'm going to go out and be an ambassador in, in your name, things like that to a point where, you know, as our growing, the ability for us to sacrifice our selfish ambition actually allows us to know God more because as we sacrifice our selfish ambition that makes room for our love or God to grow inside of us. John continues and says, So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. I think that this idea is so important in our understanding of what a God envisioned relationship looks like that you know what if you have fear in a relationship that is a clear sign that that relationship has not been perfected in God if you have fear that that you know what if you don't do something somebody else won't do something or if you don't come, they won't go. Or, or if somebody's holding something over your head and you have in your heart that, you know, this fear that this relationship is going to fall apart unless you perform in some way, that is a clear indication that that relationship needs work. That there is room in that relationship to sacrifice selfishness on both parties or one party or, or your part, you know, yourself, that there needs to be some sacrifice happening to make room for the full expression of God's love. You see, the truth is, if you have a fear that God's going to leave you if you don't come to church or if you don't tithe or, or if you don't serve, you know what? Then you do not have a godly or a God view of your relationship with Him. 
If you have a fear that your, you know, your spouse is going to leave you if you don't do this or that or this or, or that, that you know what? There's room in that relationship for God to grow. I mean, this is, this is you know, that there's, there's and, but in order for that to grow, that means the fear or the selfishness on somebody's part needs to be sacrificed. If you have a friend that, that you have fear that that relationship is going to fall apart unless you perform in some way, guess what? There's something going on in that friendship that needs attention. Now, if you have fear in a relationship, that doesn't mean that it's not from God. That's not what I'm saying. It's just showing that, hey, you know what? Here's an area in this relationship that needs God's attention, that needs to be released to God because His love is perfected and His perfect love expels all fear. And ultimately, in our relationship with God, our spouses, you know, the people that we date, our friends, and even our church, ultimately, our security and the removal of fear in those situations is actually a sign that that relationship has been or is nearing perfection in Christ's love. And then John just closes this section with this. And he writes in verse 19, he says, we love each other because he loved us first. It's important for us to know that we do not have it in our ability to to have this perfect love, that, that this is from God. Really, our natural state is selfishness. And... People who are, you know, the least, you know, people who are not selfish, those are people who are able to release their personal desires and fully trust God's plan for their life. And then this warning says, look, if somebody says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. This theme in the Bible, which I personally think has been lost on the American church, is so prevalent from the great commandment when somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important thing, to to hear that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this fact. But it is as important to God how we love our sister and brother in Christ than it is our love for Him. That's not me speaking, that's God speaking through His Word to us. That Jesus says, look, the most important thing in life is to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and all your strength. But equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Here we're saying, look, you can't say you love God and you hate your community. Because if you say that, you're lying, you're fooling yourself. 
You're playing the fool's game and the only person you're fooling is yourself. That you cannot love God and hate people. It just doesn't work that way. And it, what we need to do, like Shrek, is move from the idea that, that interruptions in our life are an annoyance and actually see them as a blessing. That we, when we're removed and, we, and we're missing something, if we, you know, that, that, that missing of pain, that it is a time that's saying, you know what, this is a time of refinement to really prioritize what is important in our lives. And then be able to truly look at our relationships with, with God, our spouses, our friends, with our church, and say, you know what, is there fear attached to this relationship? And if there is fear attached to this relationship, then you know what? Praise God, there's an opportunity for this relationship to go to the next level. And that we need to talk about this and to work through this. And then finally, realizing that our interaction in community and how we treat one another and how we approach one another is as important to God as is how we approach Him. And ultimately, hopefully for our community and you, as it was for Shrek, to be able to transcend the interruptions and, the, and, and viewing it as a curse and actually see it as a blessing from God. Community is a weird thing. People do weird things. I do weird things. You know what? Those quirks, those annoyances, believe me, make life rich and beautiful and bring a lot of laughter if you let it. Let's pray. Dear God, I just... uh, just pray that we never stop singing and dancing. That we can sacrifice our selfishness. That we can expel fear. That we can love each other and love you. God, I just pray for our community and each one of us individually in this community that you will continue to grow and stretch us, that we will be able to truly experience the full expression of your love in this place. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.